Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's today's clip. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I would love to know a little bit more about your story, more about you as a person, and then also if you could even blend or intertwine with that a little bit more about how you discovered tapping. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've been I've been doing this weird tapping thing for just over a decade now. Uh, I'd heard about it for a couple years before. Let's see, it's it's 2015 as we talk, so probably around 2003, 2004, I was hearing about this tapping thing. At the time, I was in real estate. I was buying, fixing up, and selling properties. Uh, it was a pretty decent time then, a couple of years before the big crash, and that's a whole other story. Yes. Um, and, but I was always, you know, that was my day job. I was working for myself, but it still felt like a day job because there was no passion in it. And for me, I was always passionate about helping others, about helping myself, about finding tools to change our lives. Uh, you know, my, my big shift, and it's so funny how many people I talk to that say, oh, it was Tony Robbins who actually, you know, got me to change my life. Because I think he's, he's a man that it, for a lot of people, even just a weekend seminar, a tape, is where they make a decision to do something different, right? Where you look around and you go, hmm, maybe I am at choice in my life. Maybe the world doesn't happen to me and I can actually affect my experience. And that that's what happened. Uh, for me, I got really into personal development, you know, and into ways to help myself, ways to take responsibility for my life, to heal my body, uh, to heal my finances, to heal my relationships. And uh, I'd heard about this weird tapping thing, dismissed it for a while because it's like, I mean, still, it's like really, uh, you know, we're tapping on endpoints of meridians of our body. And some of the claims that come with it are just kind of extraordinary, and they yes. were then too. You know, you'd hear things like, "Oh, this person had 40 years of chronic back pain, and they tapped for 10 minutes and it was gone." And the instinct is like, "Come on, there's nothing in our paradigm that says that that should happen, right?" There's, if people take painkillers, they take medications, they have to keep taking them. You got to keep popping the pill for the pain to go down. If you have surgery, okay, you hear about people getting results from surgery. And that makes logical sense because you go, well, it's a physical intervention. You know, we're going in and we're cutting and we're snipping and we're rearranging and we're fixing what was wrong. So that's the paradigm that most of us come from. Certainly the chiropractors listening are part of a different paradigm, which I love and I'm very excited about. I've got my local chiropractor who I see monthly and it's an important part of my life. But it's a new paradigm. So it was for me, I said, what is this tapping thing? But you know, you hear about something enough times and you hear about enough results and mm -hmm. enough people talking about it and you go, all right, maybe I need to suspend disbelief for five or ten minutes, suspend the idea that this seems so wacky and try it. And it's one of the things that I still love today about tapping. You can try it. You know, we're going to do it in this call for everyone listening who thinks it's just total whack. People have probably heard of it and dismissed it, right? They, they've said, oh, it's pseudoscience or it's this or that. Great. I, I totally understand and respect that. Have an experience. That's the thing. You can try it for five or ten minutes. And I did. I, uh, I finally said, all right, let me, let me use it. One of my first experiences was actually on physical pain. 
I had woken up in the morning with a crick in my neck. You know, sometimes you sleep wrong, you, you wrestle a bear in your dreams. I mean, who knows what actually happens? And you've got this crick. I know the chiropractors listening will have much better explanations for the crick than I will and much better solutions. But here I am by myself in pain. And I said, let me try this tapping thing. So I went through the process, you know, going through the tapping and probably spent five or ten minutes and the pain was gone. It just released. And I think what was so exciting for me in that moment wasn't just the pain's gone. Look, it was great. Five or ten minutes, the pain is gone. But it was the fact that I'd woken up that morning with one view of the world. And I know it seems simple, but it was a view of the world that says, if you're in pain in your neck because you slept wrong, you're going to be in pain for the next day or two. You're going to have to stretch it out. You're going to be like a robot. And then I did this weird tapping thing, and the pain was gone. And I, I took that belief and that thought, and I started asking myself, myself, where's the other places in my life when I'm operating on this belief, this idea that this is how the world works? And it applies not only to our bodies and to physical pain, but it applies to finances. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the experience of money and success, it's all rooted in beliefs. You know, When you really come down to it, we look at our external exp experiences, we think about marketing, and I'm a big marketer and entrepreneur, and I look at those hard and fast things that can make a difference. But when you break all those down, underneath success or failure with all those is our beliefs. It's our belief systems. It's how we operate in the world. Uh, that is what controls whether we procrastinate or not. You know, There's no lack of strategies as to how to grow a business. There's no lack of strategies and tools and tactics as to how to bring more customers in or increase margins or increase your Facebook page or the strategies are there and now with the internet they're all over the place yeah. they're free they're often overwhelming there's too much to me success comes to what are the underlying beliefs what do you believe about yourself what do you believe about the world you know if someone is scared to stand out and shine in the world if when they were a fifth grader and they got up to read in front of the class and everybody laughed at them because they stumbled on a word that memory that imprint could be affecting the decisions they're making today. And it's crazy, but it's the reality that these old experiences can be the difference. So when you're offered an opportunity to speak at the local chamber of commerce, you find a way to say no. You know, Whether it be subtle or overt, whether it be conscious or unconscious, you find a way to say, mm, this doesn't feel safe. I really don't like public speaking. It's not who I am. I'm not willing to shine in the world. And then your success is controlled by something that happened 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. What the tapping can do, what it started to do in my life is that we can go back to these experiences. Um, the most recent research shows that when we tap on these endpoints of meridians while focusing on the trauma, the pain, the memory, the emotion, the stress in the body, we actually send a calming signal to the amygdala in the brain. And a lot of listeners will know that the amygdala is that fight or flight response center. Right, so what's happening here? That fifth grade experience, the standing in front of the class and speaking and getting laughed at was encoded in the brain and likely in the rest of the body, but we know about a lot more about the brain, encoded in the brain as a negative traumatic experience. And what the brain and the body said is, anytime I'm in a similar experience, if I'm standing to speak in front of the Chamber of Commerce, if I'm in front of a group, and anything that is similar to that is going to be scared. It's not a safe environment. I'm going to get laughed at. It's going to be 
the heart racing, sweaty palms, the amygdala firing, right? That's why people are, when you say, imagine yourself public speaking, they'll start sweating. And if we push half the people listening on stage, they'd say that was the most miserable experience of my life because the body thinks that's not safe. We all know logically there's nothing inherently dangerous about standing up in front of an audience, right? There's, there's nobody's throwing anything, you know, the tomato throwing is times of old, right? Whenever that happened, that's not happening more. There isn't physical danger. There's just emotional danger. So when we do the tapping, going back to that fifth grade experience, we focus on it, we think about it, we tap through these endpoints of meridians, we calm the body's response. And in effect, in essence, rewire the way the brain is working and working on that experience. So what will happen is, whereas I might, you might tell me about your fifth grade experience and the first time you think about it, you're like, yeah, man, I'm right there and I just feel it. And it's like, I could see them all laughing at me and I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach when I think about it. And you're like, this was 25 years ago, but I still feel it, right? There still is a charge in my body. We do the tapping, we go back to the memory and you go, it's there, but I don't care. You know, it's just a lot of people describe the tapping and especially when you're working on a memory or emotion that it goes from being in here. And I'm sorry for the listeners on video. I'm pointing to my body, right? It is, it is central to the body. You can feel it in your heart, in your stomach to being out there. You just it's it gets a couple feet away from you. You don't care anymore. It becomes inconsequential. Oftentimes people will say, I can't believe I cared about this. Like how was this such a big deal in my life? And it's because we've turned off that trauma. We've disconnected that circuit in the brain and said, you're safe now. When you do that, it changes everything. And that's what started happening for me. 2004, 2005, I'm doing the tapping on all sorts of things in my life. You know, Beliefs about money, old relationships, things I hadn't let go of. And it just opened up a degree of energy and enthusiasm in 2007 I decided to make a documentary film about tapping. And no filmmaking experience, no equipment, credit cards and credit lines. I maxed them out. I spent about 40 grand in one weekend on film equipment. I enlisted my younger sister and best friend to become the film crew. I mean, that's none of us had any <laughs> filmmaking experience. And we set out with nothing but energy, passion, enthusiasm, and this technique that we could use when we were stuck to make this movie. Uh, it came out in 2008, was a big success, has gone on to sell over 100,000 copies, and in the last you know, seven years, built an email list of over 600,000 people right now, have done annual events, uh, online events that have brought in over a million people who have attended at various points, um, wrote a New York Times best-selling book, all this expansive, amazing energy and I credit it all at the beginning and still continue today to having this technique that whenever I'm stuck, whenever I feel stressed and overwhelmed and I'm not fully resourceful, I can go back, use it and uh, and move forward. And you know, I mean, on, on The Philanthropist today, we're going to talk about specifically your new book, which is coming out, which is Tapping Solution for, for Pain Relief. But yeah. I mean, it's so much more. It's all really yeah. about dissolving limiting beliefs, if I understand correctly. EFT. It is. Yeah. EFT, emotional freedom techniques, that's the kind of tapping we're doing. Um, you know, 
there's there's this thing called the tapping tree that I talk about in, in both my books. It was created by my friend Lindsay Kenny, and it's a great way to look at the things that we can work on in our lives. So if you imagine a tree, you have the leaves of the tree, and we call that the leaves are the side effects. These are the things that we are experiencing in our lives. So the pain is a side effect, right? The disease is a side effect. Not having any money is a side effect. Uh, you know, being overweight is a side effect. Then we go down to the branches. These are the emotions. This is how we feel on a daily basis. I'm angry about not having any money. I'm angry about the pain. I'm angry about being overweight. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm lonely. I feel guilt. I feel shame. You know, these are the emotions. We go down deeper to the trunk. That's the events. What happened? Right? So often in our lives, I said it before, with the fifth grader standing in front of the class, that was an event that then created an emotion and limiting beliefs. So we look for the events in our lives. When did the pain start? Always, I mean, a blow-away question. So simple. But I'll ask people. I remember talking to, I was up on stage in front of 5,000 people in Washington, D.C. at a Hay House event. I bring three ladies up who are in pain. Just said, never met them before. Who in the audience is in pain? Come on up. One lady by the name of Kathy comes up, and she had had a toothache for something like three and a half years. Gone to the dentist, implants, multiple surgeries, antibiotics through the roof. And you know, she had stuff in her teeth. She had an infection. Nothing would heal. The toothache wouldn't go away. So I ask her, okay, you've had a toothache for three and a half years. What was going on three and a half years ago? And she pauses and she, you know, you could just see her brain. No one had ever asked that question. She said, that's when my mother died. And she thought about the memories and connected her mother's death with the pain happening. So we did some tapping in that moment. Her pain was about an eight on the zero to 10 scale. It went down to a two or three. She was delighted. No, actually, it went away completely that day. So it goes, it goes to a zero tapping 10 minutes on stage. She goes home. A couple days later, it comes up again, like it flares up. Now, this is what I love about Kathy. She was resourceful. She didn't say, oh, it didn't work, right? She said, I'm not done. Let me go and do some more because we spent 10 minutes tapping on stage. She spent more time. She picked up my book, read it, went through the more details about her mother's grief and her death and all the pain around it and the anxiety and the sadness, brought her pain herself down to a zero again, Never came back. She goes to the dentist two weeks later. Dentist says, what do you mean you're not in pain? You know, like what happened? Well, I did this weird tapping thing. Well, let's do x-rays, see what's really going on. They do x-rays, the infection is gone. Wow. Right? And I have the x-rays. I actually, I tell Kathy's story and I put the x-rays in the tapping solution for pain relief. Because what I love about that is that it showed she had an infection, right? That's why she was in pain. Yes, there are often physical components to pain. And that's why the body's there telling us, hey, you have an infection, like do something about it. She did this tapping. She allowed her body to heal. Who knows what happened exactly? Did she release the stress hormones that were coursing through her body, unable, making her body unable to heal? Did she relax? Did she activate the relaxation response and thus allow the infection to heal? Whatever she did, she did the tapping, the infection went away, and that was just about two years ago now, and she hasn't had any pain since. So that's an event. And then the last one that you mentioned is limiting beliefs. This, these are the roots of the tree. So we have the leaves, the branches, the trunk, and the root. And the, true, the roots is the limiting beliefs. What do we believe to be true about this? Um, 
oftentimes we'll be given a diagnosis by a doctor who will say you have X and then that gets formed into a belief and it gets formed into a limiting belief. Well, I have chronic back pain and my doctor said I'm going to have it forever. This is a belief, right? This is something you believe to be true and we call it limiting because I believe that when you walk around with those beliefs every day, they keep you stuck. So we can do the tapping on all these layers to turn them off and then what starts happening, you know, if you clear out the belief that the doctor said I'm going to have pain for the rest of my life, you start making different decisions. Right? That's what I love about it. Yeah. Yes, the tapping works on the pain itself, and you can tap just on the pain and get results. I've seen it again and again. But when we get to the beliefs about our pain, about ourselves, about the world, that's when we say, well, maybe I can do some exercise. I mean, I'm sure you see it all the time that people who are in pain are terrified of doing exercise when oftentimes the best thing they can do is move. Correct. Right? Is to move their body, is to stay strong, is to lift some weights, you know, in safe ways. So what happens is they just get weaker. You spiral down and says, I'm hurt, I'm limited, there's something wrong with my body, and that just progresses downward and spirals downward. This is an opportunity to take that power back and to make your own decisions about your pain and your body. You know, and I, I think it's a really you know, a really interesting thread here too in, in what we're, we're talking about or discussing. It's got to make sense to a lot of other chiropractors because it makes sense to me is that emotional stress can manifest as a physical symptom. Yeah. So yeah. It, may, it, it also seems to me that if you address the emotional stress, it can also manifest as a, a physical healing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and it goes back and forth. And that's why I think tapping could be such a fantastic tool for chiropractors listening as an adjunct to what they're doing, yes. you know? Give and this is what I love about chiropractors. I don't mean to gush, but you know, if you look, my chiropractor has supplements all over his office, right? He he looks at them and says, you know, hey, this is another part of healing. Yes, I'm going to adjust to you, and yes, I believe in this science and this form of medicine, but I also believe that what you put in your mouth matters. I believe that chiropractors generally, for whatever reason, are are open to the whole healing of a person. Whereas other professions tend to be like, well, I'm a surgeon, so I do surgery, right? That is just, that's what I do, that's what I know. You come to me with a problem, my answer is one thing that I know. Yes. And a chiropractor will say, I'm going to do my adjustments, and I'm also going to talk to you about nutrition, and I'm also going to talk to you about exercise, and hey, how about emotional release? Because they recognize that we have to heal the whole person in order to get results. You know, and I, I think this is this is interesting too, because... Something that we love to talk about on The Philanthropist is challenges. When you were in those early years, when you were introducing this and you were in, you know, developing the documentary, what sort of resistance did you, did you actually have? Well, I mean, you know, this was a big project, right? <laughs> this is, I, I didn't know anybody in the field. You know, you mentioned you had Jack Canfield on and he talked about he did. tapping. He's become a good friend. He had no idea who I was and, you know, we... We hounded his assistant to get an interview with him. I mean, really, my sister was relentless. So we, we faced blocks. And, you know, after we, were, we did the filming and we had a bunch of interviews, we had a bunch of interviews, but we didn't have a movie. And we, we were looking around going, okay, a bunch of interviews doesn't make a movie. And we didn't want to put out something that was just, hey, here are all these talking heads talking about this. We wanted to bring it to life. I think the challenge people face with projects and big dreams and goals is that 
if you look around and go, oh my gosh, we have no money. We spent a hundred grand by this point. Look at the credit card bills I'm staring at. Look at the fact we don't have a movie. That's when, when you activate that fight or flight response in that moment, when you're staring at that credit card statement and go, I don't have the money to pay for this, your amygdala is firing. What happens when your amygdala fires? You're in fight or flight response. What happens when you're in fight or flight response? The blood flows away from the forebrain into the arms and legs because your body thinks, body thinks you're in danger. It thinks there's a tiger behind you running. And if there's a tiger chasing you and you're staring at bills and someone comes up to you and says, so what's your next creative, resourceful, passionate step that you're going to take to move this project forward? You're going to say, are you kidding me? There's a tiger chasing me. Like, there is no time to think of anything but the tiger. And this is what happens to us. We have no time to think of anything but the bills. We stare at the problem. And when we stare at the problem, we're not resourceful. We don't come up with these ideas. Um, you know, when do we come up with our best ideas? In the shower, walking <laughs> in nature, taking a bath, you know, gentle exercise. That's because in those places, our body's relaxed. Our mind is online. So during that time, and there were some tough times during that first year where we said, oh my gosh, I mean, what are we going to do here? We are stuck. Those were the moments where we did the tapping to become more resourceful. You become more resourceful, you say, hmm, okay, we have all these interviews, and then we did individual sessions, but there's no story here. What if we do a four-day event where we bring in 10 people from around the country film them in their house before, show them doing the tapping, show their results. That's a movie. That's a story. Right? That's the answer that came forward. And in retrospect, it's like, oh, well, that's the whole thing. It's all figured out. But it wasn't figured out in that moment. And that moment needed me to be present, needed me, my brain to be online, needed me to be resourceful. If I'm not, the project dies. You know, If, if I stare at those bills and I don't think creative thoughts – I either put out a junky movie because it's no real story or we just stop and there's $100,000 in debt and you and I aren't talking right now. <laughs> and I think it's a great lesson for chiropreneurs, you know, for docs out there because we we are business people as well. We are entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think that when we're talking about EFT and tapping, it's not just beneficial for the patient, okay, yeah. which, you know, or an, an extension of what we do as chiropractors and help people heal with our hands. It's also, I think, very important, you know, from what I'm learning for yeah. the chiropractor. It is, 100%, 100%. I mean, you know, do it in the morning for 10 minutes before the day starts, you're gonna have a different experience of the day, uh, for it's sure. A ritual. Yeah, yeah, becomes yeah. a ritual. And I mean, that kind of takes us into, I mean, when I, when I was interviewing Jack Canfield and he just kind of touched on it and I became so intrigued and there was a reason behind that was because, yeah. you know, I've been dealing with, and a lot of our listeners know, because I'm so real and raw on the philanthropist, is that I was diagnosed with severe Crohn's disease back in 2009. Yeah. And, you know, I was given not the greatest um, prognosis. Yeah. And it's just seemed to, you know, I can't, it's, it's, I got the tiger behind me, chasing me. Mm. And it's, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, drugs don't work for me, yep. which is, you know, good and bad, I guess. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I mean, you know, we, in our pre-chat, we talked about, you know, you asked, you know, what kind of pain do you have? And I said, well, it depends. It's, it's daily. And I can, I deal with that on a daily basis. It's more the uncertainty of yep. how, how it will vary and whether I will be able to, to function throughout that day. And that's probably why I sit in my basement and interview people often. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, that's kind of my story. I mean, I've been going through that a lot. So I was I was really intrigued by by what Jack said. I'm really intrigued to learn more about this, not just for pain relief, but uh, you know, there's I think there's other issues. There's an emotional issue that's deeper. Yeah. That that caused this. What yeah. do you what do you think about that? Yes. Do you want to explore it a little bit? Yeah, I want to. I think I think this will be interesting. A mini tapping session. Yes, you know? I'm a little nervous, Nick. I understand. I understand. It's like a therapy session in front of the world, you know. Well, Percocet uh, doesn't work, so I, you know. Yeah. So let's explore it, <laughs> okay. and uh, we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Everyone listening to, uh, don't just listen to us passively. Start asking your own questions about what's going on in your life. If you're in physical pain, then it's going to be an obvious corollary. If you have other things that you're struggling with, especially as we actually do the tapping, bring those to mind. So I'll give everyone more cues as we go, but. Uh, you know, let's make this an active experience for everybody. I'm ready. Uh, so a couple questions to start. One, tell me about the pain right now as we speak. It's it's always in the same place. Okay, Nick, where's Nick, that? Uh, like just below the right uh, left rib, there's a pressure okay. and a, like a deep pressure and pain. And I've had every, I've had so many CTs, MRIs, they can't, they can't figure it out. So the only next thing would be like explore and I'm not yeah. going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the pain is in the same place. You Always. do CAT scans and MRIs. They go, there's nothing there that we can't, can see. Can't you know? find it. Okay. And how, how strong is the pain right now, 0 to 10? It's like a 4 out of 10. Okay. And give me the range on your daily life. Is, you know, do you wake up with a 4 and it'll shoot to a 7? What's your, what's your experience like normally? Wow. No one's ever asked me that, Nick. You know, I, I would say that in the morning when I wake up, it's probably more like a 1, like okay. a 2. It's interesting. Okay. And then throughout the morning, it, it goes up. And it can go anywhere to like a six to an eight, depending on the day. And then throughout the afternoon, it'll come, come out, calm down a little bit. It, okay. It's, yeah, it varies. Okay. And uh, diagnosed in 09, give, tell me a little bit about what happened when the pain started. I was in practice. We had a smoking busy office. Um, and uh, it, was, it was stressful for me. You know, I, 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 I was stressed out. I, you know, I had a, I, I felt like I was camouflaging a lot. Like, um, you know, I, I had to be the, the perfect example of health for my patients. And, uh, and then I was also training for a hundred mile race. <laughs> so I was an ultra marathon runner. I think I was just, yeah. you know, it was way, way too much. I was really stressing and taxing my body, yeah. serving a lot of people in my office and then, yeah, I just, I was training, I was running with a 30 pound pack and I would, I just couldn't get out of bed. And it wasn't like I had the typical symptoms. It was just, I didn't even have pain at the time. It mm. was just fatigue. I couldn't get out of bed. I was so tired and they couldn't figure out where the blood was going. And that's kind of when I was diagnosed. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's a lot of info there and a lot of places to go. But <laughs> let's, let's, the best place to start with tapping is on the symptom itself what you're feeling now and you'll see you know sometimes we tap on the symptom get relief other times nothing happens we have to go deeper remembering those you know branches and leaves leaves branches um, trunk and uh, roots okay. so let's just start doing some tapping now and everyone else listening if you have pain in your body tune into that if you have tension sometimes we can even just roll our neck around and check into our shoulders see if there's tension if there's no pain, no tension in your body because you're getting adjustments every other day and feeling fantastic, pick something in your life that's stressing you out. You can pick a petty annoyance. You can pick something that you just keep thinking about. 
somebody you're angry at, just something in your life that you go, you know, this is kind of present for me and I want to work to release it. All right? So everyone else, pick that. And then when you tune into it, give it a number on a 0 to 10 scale. So, Ed, for you, you have your pain at a 4. Yes. And everyone else listening, whatever you picked, if it's anger, how angry are you? If you feel uh, stress about a particular event, how strong is that stress? 0 to 10, just pick a number. So we have our target, what we're going to tap on. We have our number. And then let's do some tapping. All right? We start by tapping on the side of the hand. It's called the karate chop point. And it's underneath the pinky on the side of the hand. You can use whatever hand you want. Just take four fingers of one hand, tap on the other, whatever feels comfortable for you. And you're just tapping repeatedly, and you're going to repeat after me. Now, I'm going to use general language. It's not going to apply to everybody. That's okay. As long as you're focusing on your thing, you're thinking about it, you've set the intention, it's there, it's going to work just great. So I'll start tapping, and Ed, if you'll repeat after me. Sure. All right, so on the side of the hand. Even though I have all this pain in my body. Even though I have all this pain in my body. I choose to relax and feel safe now. I choose to relax and feel safe now. Even though I have this pain, and where, where would you describe your pain to be? Is it abdomen? Abdomen. Is it? Okay, great. So even though I have this pain in my abdomen. Even though I have this pain in my abdomen. It's at a four. It's at a four. And it's because of the Crohn's disease. And it's because of the Crohn's disease. I choose to relax and feel safe now. I choose to relax and feel safe now. And one more time, still on the side of the hand. Even though I have this relentless pain in my body. Even though I have this relentless pain in my body. That just won't go away. That just won't go away. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Accept myself now. Accept myself now. Now we're going to tap through the points. The first point is the eyebrow point. Inside of the eyebrow, right where the hair ends and meets the nose, you can tap on one side or both sides. The meridians run down both sides of the body. So whatever feels comfortable, you're tapping with two fingers just gently and repeat after me this pain in my body. This pain in my body. Now to the side of the eye. It's not at the temple right next to the eye, on the bone, this pain in my body. This pain in my body. Under the eye, on the abdomen, this relentless pain. This relentless pain. Under the nose, this relentless pain. This relentless pain. Under the mouth, it's above the chin, below the lip, and that little crease in there, this pain in my body. This pain in my body. For the collarbone point, just feel for the two little bones of the collarbone and go down just an inch out to each side about an inch. You can tap with all 10 fingers, both hands, to make sure to get the point. This pain in my abdomen. This pain in my abdomen. Underneath the arm, three inches underneath the armpit, right on the bra line for women, either side of the body, all this pain. All this pain. Last point, right at the top of the head, on the crown, this pain in my body. This pain in my body. Let's go back and do a couple more rounds, back to the eyebrow point. This stress in my abdomen. This stress in my abdomen side of the eye, this pain that won't go away. This pain that won't go away. Under the eye, this pain in my abdomen. This pain in my abdomen. Under the nose, this stress that I'm holding on to. This stress that I'm holding on to. Under the mouth, and I don't feel safe releasing. And I don't feel safe releasing. Collarbone, all this stress in my body. All this stress in my body. Under the arm, all this old stress in my body. All this old stress in my body. Top of the head, what if I could let this pain go? What if I could let this pain go? Eyebrow, I refuse to let this pain go. 
I refuse to let this pain go. Side of the eye. It's not safe to let it go. It's not safe to let it go. Under the eye, this pain is serving me. This pain is serving me. Under the nose, and I have to hold on. And I have to hold on. Under the mouth, this stress in my body. This stress in my body. Collarbone, this old pattern of stress in my body. This old pattern of stress in my body. Under the arm, letting it go. Letting it go. Top of the head, right now. Right now. Go ahead and take a deep breath in. And let it go. So that was a couple of rounds. And after every couple of rounds, we, we do two things. One, we check in on our number. So whatever we're working on, anger, stress, anxiety, pain, zero to 10, we check in to see where it is. And then we also pay attention to what else came up, what other ideas, thoughts, and memories as we're doing that tapping. So number one, uh, pain in the abdomen, zero to 10. Where is it at, Ed? That's crazy. It's like a one, Nick. <laughs> That's crazy. I can see your, if for those of you listening and uh, not watching the video, you see Ed's slightly confused face about <laughs> how this Seriously, happened. it is. Yeah, that, wow. That's crazy. So tell me the experience. Did you, how, does it, it's a one and does it feel any different? Describe I it felt, to me. I felt like actually when we were going through, like probably, I think when we started the second cycle, there was like almost like a, like a shift. Yeah. I can't really describe it. It was almost like something shifted or moved. Okay. And then there was less pressure, which mean which then resulted in less pain. Wow. And does it ever go to a one randomly during the day? I I, I have constant pain. I I mean, uh, like I said, I probably the, I'm I'm best when I wake up in the morning, so it kind of feels like that right now. Mm. Which nice. is which is magical for me. Nice. Yeah. And what else came up for you? Uh emotions, beliefs, ideas as we were doing that tapping. You know, I think it was more something you said about, you know, how is this pain serving me? Mm. Or I can't let it go. And it, it brought up a couple a couple thoughts or it kind of, okay. yeah. So what were those thoughts? Um, that's, a, that's a tough, tough question. I mean, I, I, do you mean like, is, is there something like, are we going down to the root here of what, what it might, I don't, I think what the main thought was is that food is not my friend. Is that a weird thing to think? No, no, absolutely. Well, and here's what's happened. You've had now years of experience where food is not your friend, right? Where I'm sure you've looked at your diet very closely, Yeah. right? You've made all sorts of changes. You've tried things, you've obsessed about things and food has just become a little miserable, right? Well, am I was I, very I heavy as a child too. Okay. And I don't know, I was mocked and stuff. Could it go back to that? I mean, sure can, sure can. Uh, you know, one, a huge study was done. It's called the ACE study, I believe, ACE, um, Adverse Childhood Events Study, 17,000 people, and showed direct correlation with childhood trauma. And sometimes they're big traumas, right? right. We're looking at alcoholism, abuse, rape. And sometimes they're small traumas that add up to big traumas, you know. The experience in fifth grade, being mocked, like all these things that we hold on, direct correlation between childhood events and later disease. Late, correlating smoking rates. I mean, all sorts of every, you know, diabetes, smoking, cancer, all these things directly correlated to adverse childhood events. So 100%, in some way, shape, or form, being mocked as a child could be affecting your physical experience of the, of the body right now. Interesting. You know, and I mean, I've tried... Nick, I've tried everything. So, I mean, 
that's you know everything naturally and then and then of course went down the medical route yeah but this is this is pretty magical i can see that it can be again very transforming for a lot of people my question is how long is this going to last yeah great question right this is where people are always now so there's a couple things a you can tap on i'm scared it's going to come back right these are the limiting beliefs some people will tap and pain never comes back other people have to go deeper other people have to do it either go deeper when it comes to exploring that childhood stuff that might be where you have to go or go deeper in terms of sustaining the practice for a week two weeks a month three months until you're retraining your body you know hard to say as you know as a chiropractor everybody is so dramatically different you know you'll adjust someone and it'll, they'll hold for three months and be great and then you'll adjust someone else and they'll come back the next day and be totally out of whack and you go what what are you doing with your body right so I, I see this as a really valuable, though, for docs, too, who are out there um, who have limiting beliefs that they need to yeah. dissolve regarding their practice, so practice yeah. growth. There's not enough new patients, you know, those types yeah. of limiting beliefs. 100%. Because not, we're not all dealing with pain, but yeah. although we have patients who often come in in pain. And, you know, that's the other thing. <clears throat> you know, in my practice, we're a, we're a wellness practice, we're a family mm. wellness practice. Is this something that can be used for prevention? 100%. Absolutely. You know, I think most of these things start with stress, anxiety. Life is fast these days. Uh, there's a lot going on. So just dealing with that daily stress is, to me, the best form of preventative medicine. This this is, I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm a little bit off because this, this, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is crazy. Is it still at a one? Is it, yeah. Is it okay if I call it crazy? But I mean, yeah. you know, I even mentioned to my, my wife, yeah. It's <laughs> you probably hear this stuff all the time. But I mean, even when I described it to my wife who's a chiropractor, she goes, you know, I'm it's interesting. She's like, I just don't understand it. And I don't think you can understand it until you actually do it. Well, you that's know? it. And look, I still don't understand it. I mean, yeah, we have a lot more science and research coming in. I'll look at the studies. We have yeah. the data coming in. But what I don't understand is when I'm every time I do it, I'm I'm stressed out about something and I do it and I go, it's gone. And I've been doing it for a decade. It still surprises me. Right now, the fact that your pain went to from a four to one still surprises me. I'm I don't get bored of this thing. You know, I've probably seen it happen a thousand times, but it's just as exciting every time, and it makes me go, "Really? Did it really work again?" <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And more often than not, I mean, I would probably say that ninety percent of the time, if not higher, working with people, I I always see at least a shift in the pain. You know, some people go deeper and become completely pain-free. Other people go back to their lives and the stress and the anxiety, and they don't do that deeper work, and they get themselves back in that mix. And, you know, if, if every time you go back to work, your back pain flares up, and your boss drives you crazy, and you don't do anything about your relationship with your boss or finding a new job, maybe your back's going to hurt for the next 20 years because you're miserable in your job, right? So yeah. we have to make these changes in our lives. But the tapping can bring that down and can change those relationships and can change how we react in these situations. You know, I, I find it really um, intriguing as well is that, you know, the people who who are, you know, giving you the testimonials that are behind uh, tapping and uh, EFT tapping and you, I mean, like Dr. Christine Northrup, Dr. Yeah. Macola, I mean, these people, I mean, they're rooted in science as well, but they, they also are. are incredibly successful entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. So I think we can learn from that. And, um, you know, the, the other thing I would like to ask is, so Nick, if I'm a doc out there and I'm hearing this and I'm seeing this, 
where do I start? What's what's the first step if I want to start implementing tapping? Great. Um, you know, I think either of my books, The Tapping Solution, which is just the general book, or The Tapping Solution for Pain Relief, which is the one that's that's coming out, uh, thetappingsolution.com website. I mean, there's so many resources available on that on that site, whether it's videos, we have a podcast, we have audios. What's that? I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff out there. You know, however you like to consume content, some people like to watch videos. So you want to actually see a tapping session live. There's a lot of videos of that. And, uh, and just start exploring it. Just take five or 10 minutes, have an experience with it. And you know what? I mean, honestly, there is no lack of resources out there for, for what you're doing. I mean, when I looked, you know, to do some research on our discussion today, I mean, you're all over YouTube, there's videos, there's, you know, your podcast is amazing. Very, very awesome share today. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm blown away. I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, shook up. <laughs> well, you know what I think we should do, Ed? I think we should, you know, because we're, we're running long. I think we should stop this conversation and then you and I will stay on and tap for another 15 minutes. Cool. This Sound is good? cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great offer. So thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving back today. Thanks.